0: Section Nine of the Mabinogion, Volume One, translated by Lady Charlotte Guest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Section Nine. Arthur was in Caerleon upon Usk, and he went to hunt, and Peredir went with him and Peredur let loose his dog upon a heart, and the dog killed the heart in a desert place, and a short space from him he saw signs of a dwelling, and towards the dwelling he went, and he beheld a hall, and at the door of the hall he found bald swarthy youths playing at chess. And when he entered, he beheld three maidens sitting on a bench, and they were all clothed alike, as became persons of high rank. And he came and sat by them upon the bench, and one of the maidens looked steadfastly upon Peredur, and wept. And Peredur asked her wherefore she was weeping through grief that i should see so fair a youth as thou art slain who will slay me inquired peredur if thou art so daring as to remain here to-night i will tell thee how great soever my danger may be from remaining here i will listen unto thee this palace is owned by him who is my father said the maiden and he slays every one who comes hither without his leave what sort of a man is thy father that he is able to slay every one thus a man who does violence and wrong unto his neighbours and who renders justice unto none And hereupon he saw the youths arise, and clear the chessmen from the board. And he heard a great tumult, and after the tumult there came in a huge black one-eyed man, and the maidens arose to meet him. And they disarrayed him, and he went and sat down and after he had rested and pondered a while he looked at peredur and asked who the knight was lord said one of the maidens he is the fairest and gentlest youth that ever thou didst see and for the sake of heaven and of thine own dignity have patience with him for thy sake i will have patience and i will grant him his life this night then peredur came towards them to the fire and partook of food and liquor and entered into discourse with the ladies and being elated with the liquor he said to the black man it is a marvel to me so mighty as thou sayest thou art who could have put out thine eye it is one of my habits said the black man that whosoever puts to me the question which thou hast asked shall not escape with his life either as a free gift or for a price Lord." said the maiden whatsoever he may say to you in jest and through the excitement of liquor make good that which thou saidest and didst promise me just now i will do so gladly for thy sake said he willingly will i grant him his life this night and that night thus they remained and the next day the black man got up and put on his armour and said to peredur arise man and suffer death and peredur said unto him do one of two things black man if thou wilt fight with me either throw off thy own armour or give arms to me that i may encounter thee ah man said he couldst thou fight if thou hadst arms take then what arms thou dost choose and thereupon the maiden came to peredur with such arms as pleased him and he fought with the black man and forced him to crave his mercy black man thou shalt have mercy provided thou tell me who thou art and who put out thine eye lord i will tell thee i lost it in fighting with the black serpent of the Khan. there is a mound which is called the mound of mourning and on the mound there is an urn and in the urn there is a serpent, and on the tail of the serpent there is a stone, and the virtues of the stone are such that whosoever should hold it in one hand, in the other he will have as much gold as he may desire. And in fighting with this serpent was it that I lost my eye, and the black oppressor am I called and for this reason am i called the black oppressor that there is not a single man around me whom i have not oppressed and justice have i done unto none tell me said peredur how far is it hence the same day that thou settest forth thou wilt come to the palace of the sons of the king of the tortures wherefore are they called thus the athank of the lake slays them once every day when thou goest thence thou wilt come to the court of the countess of the achievements what achievements are there asked three hundred men there are in her household and unto every stranger that comes to the court the achievements of her household are related and this is the manner of it the three hundred men of the household sit next unto the lady and that not through disrespect unto the guests but that they may relate the achievements of the household and the day that thou goest thence thou wilt reach the mound of mourning and round about the mound there are the owners of three hundred tents guarding the serpent since thou hast indeed been an oppressor so long said peredur i will cause that thou continue so no longer so he slew him then the maiden spoke and began to converse with him if thou wast poor when thou camest here henceforth thou wilt be rich through the treasure of the black man whom thou hast slain thou seest the many lovely maidens that there are in this court thou shalt have her whom thou best likest for the lady of thy love Lady, I came not hither from my country to woo, but match yourselves as it liketh you with the comely youths I see here, and none of your goods do I desire, for I need them not. Then Peredir rode forward, and he came to the palace of the sons of the king of the tortures and when he entered the palace he saw none but women and they rose up and were joyful at his coming and as they began to discourse with him he beheld a charger arrive with a saddle upon it and a corpse in the saddle And one of the women arose, and took the corpse from the saddle, and anointed it in a vessel of warm water which was below the door, and placed precious balsam upon it. And the man rose up alive, and came to the place where Peredur was, and greeted him, and was joyful to see him and two other men came in upon their saddles, and the maiden treated these two in the same manner as she had done the first. Then Peredur asked the chieftain wherefore it was thus, and they told him that there was an athank in a cave, which slew them once every day, and thus they remained that night and next morning the youths arose to sally forth and peredur besought them for the sake of the ladies of their love to permit him to go with them but they refused him saying if thou shouldst be slain there thou hast none to bring thee back to life again and they rode forward and peredur followed after them and after they had disappeared out of his sight he came to a mound whereon sat the fairest lady he had ever beheld i know thy quest said she thou art going to encounter the athank and he will slay thee and that not by courage but by craft he has a cave and at the entrance of the cave there is a stone pillar and he sees every one that enters and none see him and from behind the pillar he slays every one with a poisonous dart and if thou wouldst pledge me thy faith to love me above all women i would give thee a stone by which thou shouldst see him when thou goest in and he should not see thee i will by my truth said peredur for when first i beheld thee i loved thee and where shall i seek thee when thou seekest me seek towards india and the maiden vanished, after placing the stone in Peredur's hand. And he came towards a valley, through which ran a river, and the borders of the valley were wooded, and on each side of the river were level meadows. And on one side of the river he saw a flock of white sheep and on the other a flock of black sheep. And whenever one of the white sheep bleated, one of the black sheep would cross over, and become white. And when one of the black sheep bleated, one of the white sheep would cross over, and become black. And he saw a tall tree by the side of the river one half of which was in flames, from the root to the top, and the other half was green, and in full leaf. And nigh thereto he saw a youth sitting upon a mound, and two greyhounds, white-breasted and spotted, in leashes lying by his side and certain was he that he had never seen a youth of so royal a bearing as he and in the wood opposite he heard hounds raising a herd of deer and peredur saluted the youth and the youth greeted him in return and there were three roads leading from the mound Two of them were wide roads, and the third was more narrow. And Peredur inquired where the three roads went. One of them goes to my palace, said the youth, and one of two things I counsel thee to do, either to proceed to my palace, which is before thee, and where thou wilt find my wife, or else to remain here to see the hounds chasing the roused deer from the wood to the plain and thou shalt see the best greyhounds thou didst ever behold and the boldest in the chase kill them by the water beside us and when it is time to go to meet my page will come with my horse to meet me and thou shalt rest in my palace to-night heaven reward thee but i cannot tarry for onward must i go the other road leads to the town which is near here and wherein food and liquor may be bought and the road which is narrower than the others goes towards the cave of the athank with thy permission young man i will go that way and peredur went towards the cave and he took the stone in his left hand and his lance in his right and as he went in he perceived the athank, and he pierced him through with his lance and cut off his head and as he came from the cave behold the three companions were at the entrance and they saluted peredur and told him that there was a prediction that he should slay that monster and peredur gave the head to the young men and they offered him in marriage whichever of the three sisters he might choose and half their kingdom with her i came not hither to woo said peredur but if peradventure i took a wife i should prefer your sister to all others and peredur rode forward and he heard a noise behind him and he looked back and saw a man upon a red horse with red armour upon him and the man rode up by his side and saluted him and wished him the favour of heaven and of man and peredur greeted the youth kindly lord i come to make a request unto thee what wouldest thou that thou shouldst take me as thine attendant who then should i take as my attendant if i did so I will not conceal from thee what kindred I am of, Etlim Gglediv Corch am I called an Earl from the East Country. I marvel that thou shouldest offer to become attendant to a man whose possessions are no greater than thine own, for I have but an earldom like thyself but since thou desirest to be my attendant i will take thee joyfully and they went forward to the court of the countess and all they of the court were glad at their coming and they were told it was not through disrespect they were placed below the household but that such was the usage of the court for whoever should overthrow the three hundred men of her household would sit next to the countess, and she would love him above all men. And Peredur, having overthrown the three hundred men of her household, sat down beside her, and the countess said, i thank heaven that i have a youth so fair and so valiant as thou since i have not obtained the man whom best i love who is he whom best thou lovest by my faith etlim Glediv Koch is the man whom i love best and i have never seen him of a truth etlim is my companion and behold here he is and for his sake did i come to joust with thy household and he could have done so better than i had it pleased him and i do give thee unto him heaven reward thee fair youth and i will take the man whom i love above all others and the countess became Etlim's bride from that moment. End of section nine. Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.